ball is high. It is far. It is gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome into the Nosebleeds Podcast here on WFUV Sports. I'm Maddie Bamonte. I'm joined today here with Nick Guzman and Brendan Shorey. We're going to talk some baseball after what was, I would say, an okay deadline, not too much was crazy in this world a lot of teams sat back and did nothing I feel like but there are some major teams in New York like the Mets in particular who did crazy things at the deadline but before we get into that guys how has your deadline been what has your week been like are you doing okay after this hectic time it's been a it's been a pretty crazy week this is the first time I've ever been on nosebleeds which is kind of a crazy thing considering like I do all the Mets stuff. I just don't come on this podcast. Like it seems like I don't know how that works, but here I am now. Um, I'm doing the trade deadlines treated me well. I mean, I it's a little depressing seeing the Mets wave the white flag, but a lot of exciting prospects coming through. Um, I turn 21 tomorrow, which is also pretty cool. Oh my gosh, happy early birthday. Happy early birthday. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So yeah, it's been it's been cool, but just Finally accepting that the Mets season is over, I think is the biggest sort of realization that I've come to in this last week. Uh, I'm ecstatic. I mean, as a, as a Rangers fan, I could not be happier to see the Rangers for once being buyers of the deadline instead of sellers. And it's just, I don't know, it gives me hope for not just this season, but the next few seasons that will actually be a good team and not be like an 100 loss team again. So I'm excited. Yeah, it has been crazy, and we're going to start with the Mets now because we have both Rangers and Mets fans here on this podcast today. It's perfectly time to talk about this. The Mets did, um, like what Nick said, wave the white flag, and there was a slew of sales going on. And in my opinion, just to open it right off, I think that if you're at least going to commit to the bit of selling, the Mets did a pretty good job at committing to it. And I, and I am okay with that. I don't want people to like go in and say, okay, we're going to sell and then sell nobody. They offloaded a lot of money and to offload a lot of money is a big deal. After this nightmare that we have just seen in terms of spending Verlander goes back to the Astros in return. Number one and number four prospect for the Astros comes to the Mets. Um, we got, uh Scherzer now goes to the Rangers and um that is a you know a big thing with his leave of absence and his interviews that he did post um his trade and talking about the Mets future that he just didn't want to be a part of he talked about that aside from him Tommy Pham is gone Mark Hanna's gone David Robertson's gone a lot of people are offloaded there is like no pitching left in this Mets system right now but a lot of interesting prospects coming in. MLB Pipeline ranks the prospects with Acuna being ranked number one, Drew Gilbert coming from the Astros, number two, Ryan Clifford, six, and so forth. We got an eight, 15, 23, 25. So the Mets made out with a lot of top guys, but I want to open up this kind of conversation. Was this decision to go all in on the sale the right decision for the Mets? And what would you guys grade the Mets' job at this deadline 
listen, when it comes to something like the trade deadline, you can't go halvesies. Like if you if you're gonna buy, you got to buy with a purpose. I think that's something that hurt the Mets last year when they were you know in first place in the NL East. They didn't really buy with a purpose. I don't think any of their moves really moved the needle, and I think that hurt them down the stretch. It's the same thing this season in terms of selling. You're not realistically in a spot where you're gonna make the playoffs. You have these these older players who are coming towards towards the end of their contracts. Um, it's a tough decision to that Steve Cohen had to make and Billy Epler to sell considering you were supposed to essentially win the world series this year after winning 101 games last year you're really supposed to get closer to that goal this year um and you're nowhere near it it's been probably one of the most disappointing years in the history of the franchise i think it took a lot of guts to sell but i think in the end it was the right decision just based on where this team is you know you look at after some of the trades that were made last year, this this prospect pool is really barren, especially in terms of pitching. And I think if you ever want to build a successful organization, free agency is something that supplements, you know, your homegrown youth and the people coming through the minors. It's not supposed to be the main way that you build a championship team. And I think Steve Cohn and Billy Epler have have realized that and, you know, coming to the realization that you have to retool the farm system and you can supplement your homegrown guys through free agency. So I think it was definitely the right decision. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know a lot about any of the prospects that they got, but based on the things that I've read, you know, Acuna is, is, is slotted right into the you know, number two in the Mets prospect pipeline. Gilbert and Clifford both seem like really good hitters. Marco Vargas seems like an exciting contact guy. And, you know, these are, these are guys that, you know, we're not going to see next year, but, you know, next season might be a rough one for these Mets, but I, I think selling was a, a brave decision and, and the, but it was the correct one for these Mets. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and agree. It was the right decision. I mean, if you look at the standings in the NL East, they're 19 games back, six and a half games back of the wild card spot. And you look at how stacked some of these teams are and how deep this playoff race is. And the Mets just aren't standing out as a team that is really jumping off the page. Like, Oh, I'm going to make the playoffs. And so you have these older players, you got to get rid of them because they're not going to be here a few years from now. And you trade them, these prospects realistically are not that far away from being in the majors. And so if you look maybe two or three years down the road, you'll still have, you'll have all these prospects. Right now you still have Lindor, you still have Pete Alonso, McNeil, Nemo. Like you kept a decent amount of the young core. Francisco Alvarez, you kept a decent amount of the young core that with the addition of these prospects could make a even better team two, three years down the road where they can fight for a playoff spot in the division. Yeah, I'm going to say this because I refuse. I literally refuse to be negative about this. I don't want to be negative. I'm sick of being negative. I can't look at this any other way. I already made a video about how negative I was on this season with it being the million dollar failure it was when you look at it. And I think people are interpreting this or some Mets fans interpret this as like, we sold out, you know, we got rid of everybody. This was a horrible, this is, and it wasn't a horrible decision. They didn't get rid of everybody. Lindor is still there. McNeil is still there. Alonzo is still there. Like they didn't get rid of like these big names that people are worried about. I mean, I guess what I say, I was concerned about the Robertson sale when it happened. Yeah, I was, I wasn't too happy about it at first, but at the end of the day, when you're looking at this team and what's I watched Steve Cohen's press press thing today that he did when he was saying, listen, 
the older guys, we told them about our plan. Obviously, this season didn't go the way it wanted to go. Older guys don't want to sit around for a team that's going to be rebuilding and retooling everything and not be really ready for another kind of process like that. They're 39 and 40 years old. That's understandable. So there was no logical way to go about this other than let these guys go. There really wasn't any better way to go about this in my mind. And so the whole point of it with Cohen was to be like, well, you know, they're obviously going to go. We need to get the best thing for them. And they did. I would argue that the prospects they got were phenomenal. Um, Drew Gilbert out of Tennessee was phenomenal for Tennessee. He was, he was an absolute unit for them. Um, Acuna's brother, Acuna has gone on the record and said that his brother is like more advanced than him at his age. That's the best thing you want to hear out of him. Um, Ryan Clifford, I went to high school with him. He's very good. I know I, I was sitting at the table when I found out, I was like, oh my God, that name is very familiar. I went to high school with him. So he very excited to see a Leesville high school alumni out there on the Mets diamond soon. (laughs) So that's exciting. But I think like looking at this, originally they were, the Mets were trying to say that this wasn't going to be a rebuild. Billy Epler was like dancing around the idea. He was like, "Mm, we're not going to say it's a rebuild. Like we're just doing our thing. Like Billy Epler's lying. It was a rebuild and it's going to be fine. I don't see this team being very like world series competitive next year, but I would be remiss to say that I don't think they at least make some competition next year because I don't think they're going to sit on their laurels in the off season. I think some pitching is going to be acquired. We have the prospects now to do such a thing. So I think it's ridiculous to say that the Mets aren't going to do anything. They're going to spend money this off season for what we don't know. But I think we're looking at like what everybody is predicting now, 2025, 2026, to be where they were kind of projected at this year going forward. I don't think we're going to see a high level of projection for next year. But I think this team has made the right decision. I think the ownership, this is definitely a better step than ownership than the Wilpons could have ever done. So at least we have that. The Wilpons would have never been all in on a sale in my mind. So I'm happy about that. But across town barely anything happened uh two menial trades for some arms happened over in the yankees camp uh and a lot of fans not happy about it i was shocked to see literally nothing being done because gosh the yankees are in such a bad spot right now with their hitting now pitching being a problem herman going um out for the 2023 season due to alcohol related things um and i just feel like this team is losing direction even although they're like what three and a half back from the wild card i i can't even believe i'm saying something like that but this team i don't understand why they did nothing at the deadline to at least try I, I said before, the trade deadline, you cannot go halvesies. And that's kind of what the Yankees did. I don't understand how you can uh, sit and watch the product the Yankees have put on the field, you know, the last couple months, this entire season, really, and think that, you know, sitting put was the right move. I think you either had to go for it or you had to sell. Because this Yankees team in its current, its current formation with Aaron Judge and then whoever else is in the lineup not performing as well as they should be, it's not good enough to do anything in the postseason. It's not good enough to win a World Series. 
So if that's not the case, you either have to add something at the deadline or you have to sell it and, and sell off some pieces and try again in the off season. It just feels like, well, almost all the other teams look at who, who the Yankees are chasing in the wild card race. Toronto made some moves, made some moves. Houston made a lot of moves, bringing back Justin Verlander and Kendall Graveman. The teams in front of you are doing things to, to ensure that they're going to make the playoffs and make a run for this year. And while the Yankees have been very distinctly average this season, they've really sat and did, did nothing, which it, it, it kind of stunned me because this is a franchise that's never been shy about making big moves or, or doing something bold in, in that sense. So to just sort of sit put and, you know, they've lost three games in a row. I was at the game last night. It's just kind of a, a, a weird vibe in Yankee stadium right now where it's just like, it's just dead. There's not a lot of energy. There's not a lot of hope. And I think the trade deadline could have been something that provided hope. And it, it wasn't, I think, I don't know if the, I don't, if I were the Yankees, I honestly would not have bought either because I don't, I don't see really any, any world where this lineup produces anything besides Aaron judge that, that will, that will go on and do something in the postseason. I think this isn't a very, this isn't a Yankees group that has the ability to get something done, you know, in terms of winning this year. So I would have honestly sold, but you can't sell when you're three and a half out three games over 500 and the postseason is still right there. But you look at a team that's in the same spot as them in the standings, pretty much they're both three and a half out of the wild card. The angels went all in and the Yankees just kind of sat and stayed put. And I think there would have been Yankees fans who were really happy if they bought. And then there would be Yankee, fan, Yankee fans that were really happy if they sold, but by sitting and doing nothing, seems like everyone's mad, which it's, it's totally understandable because when everyone else around you is beefing up, or the people a little bit below you are selling and you just kind of sit there and stay put. It's, it's kind of a head scratcher. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was shocked by the lack of moves made by the Yankees. I mean, they went out and acquired two bullpen guys, Keenan Middleton and Spencer Howard, who neither of which has been surprised, like amazing this year, but you look at this team and you can see they have a hole in left field. They have, they need bats desperately. They need starting pitching. And you look at all the teams they're competing with. And as you were saying, the Orioles went out and they got Flaherty. Uh, the Rangers went out and got Scherzer. The Astros went out and got Verlander. Like all these teams they're competing with went out and made big moves. And the Yankees are sitting here three and a half games out doing nothing. Just going and getting two, two bullpen guys that they didn't really need. And so I'm kind of surprised. I'm more surprised they didn't buy. I would have been shocked if they sold. I'm surprised. They didn't buy and go all out because, as we all know, Yankees fans, it's playoffs or nothing. And it, as of right now, it doesn't look like they are going to make a deep run, if even make the playoffs. Yeah, when I was gearing up for this deadline, there was a couple players on my radar for the Yankees that I expected to probably be moved, Torres being one of them. And the Marlins wanted him, apparently. My issue, I think, with this deadline, what went wrong with the Yankees is I don't think the Yankees understand how a deadline works because they were asking for like two pitchers and two prospects for Torres. I don't know what like fantasy land the Yankees think they're living in. I don't know what they were thinking with that. There was no way the Marlins were 
ever going to give them something like that for Torres. And so I think they went into the deadline with high expectations saying, well, we're going to get high returns for these players that are performing like above average for the Yankees lineup. Like this is like above average for the Yankees lineup, not across major league baseball, really. So I think they went in with the the idea that they were just going to get these great deals for these players that that just didn't pan out logically. And they should have known that like, like they should have, it should have been so uh, like apparent to Cashman that this was not going to happen for them. And they didn't care. They, and so as a result, they did nothing. They, they did these two moves to be like, well, we didn't do anything to the fans. You can't complain. We did nothing, but they did nothing at the end of the day. So with this team, and I, I really agree with what you said, Brendan, because I think that where the Yankees are headed, um, with this is that yes they're three and a half out I cannot see this as a world series team at all if this became a world series team I'd be absolutely shocked um I don't think this team has the longevity to go into the postseason I think their lineup is struggling to hit as it is I think I can't for the life of me understand why Stanton is still in this lineup I really can't like every single, I think I saw, I have to look this up because I saw what his batting average was today. And I, my jaw literally dropped when I saw it. He's batting 197. I, <laughs> he, he's like athletically the most fit person on the planet. He is so fit. And then he can't run. He can't hit. He's constantly injured. What is this guy doing in your lineup? So I think kind of looking at this Yankees thing before we move on I like does this team have any legs going even after this like post this postseason they run they may or may not go on going into the offseason what do the Yankees really need to do to fix this team at this point the the biggest thing I mean the, the quote from Brian Cashman that I thought was funny is when he said we're in it to win it and we stayed the course because of that like you can say you're in a twin it like out loud. It doesn't mean you have any of the tools to make yourself in it, to win it. There's still so many glaring holes on this team. I think left field is the one that fans have wanted to address for so long. And they thought maybe this was going to be the deadline that left field finally gets addressed. No, it's still, it's still a gaping hole. And I mean, you look at, it's just the, 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 where the money's been spent and, and roster construction. You look at Rizzo at first base, who's had a really down year, Look at the, the players that the Yankees were linked to at first base that have gone elsewhere. Matt Olson being one of them, who's absolutely raked for the Braves this year. But now you, you're stuck with with Anthony Rizzo there. And then you think about, you know, the whole Donaldson IKF deal, how that hasn't worked out. There's a lot of hold. There's pretty much in my in my view, anybody but Aaron Judge on this roster has underperformed this season. And and in terms of hitters. Their pitching back into the bullpen has been so solid. Garrett Cole's had a great year. But in terms of, of, of hitting around Aaron Judge, it hasn't been good enough. So in this in this coming offseason, because I'm already going to write off that these Yankees are not going to make the playoffs. If they do, they're not making a run. But in this coming offseason, you got to finally address the offense and seriously address it. Not like the, the sort of half-hearted moves that have been happening recently to try to to try to spark something 
the Yankees need to seriously address the offense because when you have a generational player like Aaron Judge, and he's a generational player, if, there, if it wasn't for Shohei Otani, he'd be you know far and away the best player in baseball. When you have that, you got to be able to build around him and give him a little bit of support in that lineup. And when you look at the names, that's when it gets so disappointing. You think, I think five years ago, Anthony Rizzo and John Carlos Stanton were batting around Aaron Judge. That's probably the best offense in all of baseball. But you know, time hasn't necessarily been been kind to Stanton. Rizzo had a good year last year, but this year he's fallen off. So I think the biggest thing is left field. But then as a whole, this offseason, you've really got to address just how your team is an offensive black hole when it comes to anybody besides Aaron Judge. Yeah, no, I mean, yes, the offense is a problem. It's one of the things you should fix, but you also got to go and take a look at the starting pitching. Outside of Garrett Cole, you haven't had anyone that was has been super reliable um, that you can depend on to win the games when you need to win games. And so, I mean, start there, start with the offense. doesn't matter where they start, but they need to address both and fix both that they want to be able to have a chance to make a run next year. You know, there's not much more we can say other than this Yankees team. I think it was really hard to outdo the Mets in terms of like collapsing this year in terms of what went wrong. And the Yankees are really like trying to make a run for that title. Like they're really doing everything they can at this point to be like, no, <laughs> we're, we're doing, we're doing way worse. Somehow the Mets are still more dysfunctional though. No. Somehow. Yeah. Or like somehow it worked out, but I think now we should turn to maybe a brighter subject about the deadline and, and look at MLB as a whole because other teams did things and it wasn't so miserable compared to like what was going on with the Mets and the Yankees. They actually like had a good time at the deadline and like had fun. Um, so I want to kind of open this up now to what trade did you like the most, maybe surprised you or that you kind of took away as like, yeah, this was the right move for this team and they deserve the spotlight that we have on nosebleeds for to share brendan i'm i might be taking your spotlight here because i'm, I'm gonna choose a texas ranger but not the one that probably most people would think but i think the move to get jordan montgomery has gone under the radar because they got scherzer but to monty's had he's got a 3.42 era this year he's been solid the last three seasons both for the yankees and for the cardinals adding a lefty to rotation down the stretch yes scherzer's the name that you know sticks out but i mean if you look at I mean, ERA is not everything, but Monty's had a better year than Scherzer if you're gonna if you're gonna just take ERA in, into consideration. So I think Scherzer's the one that's kind of caught got all the headlines. But I think you guys really strengthened your rotation with adding both Scherzer and Monty and having that lefty option down the stretch is gonna be so huge. Yeah. Um I'm actually gonna stray away from my team, keep away from the bias. I'm gonna surprisingly go to the Angels. Um, I think one of the main storylines in this trade deadline was whether the Angels were going to ship off Shohei or keep him. And when they decided to keep him, they actually built around him, which is something they never did for Trout. And so I like the Angels going out and getting Lucas Giolito, who has already pitched a game for them. And he didn't pitch awful. Three runs on six hits over just over five innings um, and a loss. But I mean... You don't expect him to be your one uh, or two. He's kind of a middle-of-the-rotation guy, and I think that's what the Angels really needed was to go and get some more guys to put around Shohei. I think it's a really underrated move um, for the Angels. I'm going to go back a little bit to 
what we were just talking about. And while I really like the Jordan Montgomery trade, I think there was another Cardinal trade that I really enjoyed. And that was the Jack Flaherty trade going, sending him to the Orioles, which I, I really love the Orioles this year. And I love what they're doing there. And I think while Flaherty wasn't like the most brightest spot of the Cardinals, his July was way better than what we was doing for the rest of the year. And so I think for the Orioles going into this AL East kind of race that they're having, I think it's a great guy that you could get. He had, went seven and six on the year. He's four, four, three ERA. But like I said, in July, he has been performing so much better um, with his last outing only gave up three runs Um you know, pitching five, six innings, like for a starting pitcher right now, that's really all we're going to get out of a lot of these guys. And he's still relatively young. He still has a, like a lot of talent. And I think with this Orioles lineup, it's much more impressive, much more interesting. And, and I think also the angels decision to not get rid of Shohei Otani say like they made, they made the choice and I, and I will abide by what they want to do because they actually did something at the deadline to try and help it out. I still in the back of my mind wonder if they're going to regret something like that though at the deadline because of what this team expects their postseason to look like. And I, and I can't with absolute certainty say that this is going to be the the greatest decision for them. And I, and I really, I really hope they don't regret it, but in the back of my mind, I'm sitting here thinking that the angels are my, maybe regret this. I don't know if anybody else has thoughts on that as well. It was certainly a gamble. I mean, you look at where they are in the standings to go all in, you know, three and a half back. And they really did go all in, you know, with Giolito and, and the other moves they made. I just, I think from an outside perspective, I'm happy they went all in because it's fun to see a, a franchise try to build around who's undisputedly the best player in baseball and and the best player we've seen in a very long time. I mean, it would have been a shame to see them you know, tear everything down. But I think, you know, honestly, people might not want to hear it, but I think it might've been more logical to try to move Shohei. I mean, you have those conversations with him and you can try to get a gauge of, you know, would, would he resign potentially? Is that, does he like it there? Is that the kind of thing that he would want to do? Would he want to test the waters elsewhere? I think they're confident that they're going to be able to resign him in this off season, you know, for, you know, it's going to, it's going to be for a ton of money, but you know, hedging your bet for and really going all in three and a half back of a wild card. It's certainly a, a bold choice, but, you know, I commend the angels because for years, for years, they had Mike Trout and they would try to build around him and then they would tear it down because the people they bought were, would not work out. And I think it's angels fans deserve a team that's really going all in. Although Giolito did get absolutely shelled today and they got shelled, but, uh, I think it's it's good for baseball that the Angels are trying to win with Shohei, but I, I just I still look at the roster and I look at the pitching, you know, besides Shohei and Giolito, and I I don't know if the roster is necessarily strong enough to get them where they want to be. I think if they make it to the postseason, get Otani into some postseason games, I think that's a win for for the Angels. But I think also feel like if it's anything less than that, then it's an unmitigated failure considering you know, there's, there is a high likelihood that Shohei could walk this off season. Yeah. Considering where they're sitting right now, three and a half teams back from a wild card spot, fourth in the AL West, not sure it was the right move to keep him. Although I'm not, it's hard to tell, honestly, 
whether they should have kept him or whether they should have shipped him off. I mean, if you look at them building around him, maybe that would have convinced him to to stay. Maybe since he sees them go and have these, all these pieces to try and make a playoff push with him, maybe that'll urge him to come back. Um, maybe he won't. Maybe he'll walk. Maybe he'll find himself in L.A. or New York or something like that. We'll never, we won't know until the season's over, but I do like the effort from the Angels to try and build around the guy, even if it was the wrong move. And I think that's the beauty of the deadline. Will it work? Won't it work? Uh, you'll never really know until next year. And so I think that's kind of the perfect place where we're, we're going to end off today here on Nosebleeds. Uh, thank you so much for listening. You can check out all of our podcasts wherever you get them. Uh, but I mean, this has been a very interesting deadline for a lot of teams and really depressing for some New York teams. So the whole, best thing we can do is hope for a better 2024. But until then, this has been Brenda Shorey, Nick Guzman, and I'm Maddie Bamati saying so long and enjoy the rest of your week. Mm-hmm.